July 13th, 2022. Let's begin Masechet Berachot. Masechet Berachot is the first of any Masechet in Talmud and in Mishnayot. Of course, the first Seder, first order of Mishnayot is Seder Zira'im. Seder Zira'im, generally speaking, deals with the laws with regards to planting in a field. Its name represents that. It's seeds. And as a result, you'll have Masechtot like Pe'ah. That's the portion of the land that you leave um, apart for the poor people, demai, orla, kilayim, all sorts of matters that take place when you're planting a field. Interestingly, and somewhat curiously, Masechet Perachot is at the head of that, it has very little to do with the fields. Well, it does have a little bit. The name of the Masechet is Berachot, it's the Beracha you'll make on matters and items that may have grown from the fields. That's really only going to be the sixth chapter, Perek Shishi is Kesad Mevarechim in Masechet Berachot. Masechet Berachot, however, is at the head and the beginning of any limud with regards to our tradition, because Masechet Berachot, at least the suggestion of many, deals primarily with Kiryat Shema, Amida, and Berachot. These are mitzvot that we fulfill, which give us this certain vision and picture and thought and cognizance of God at all times. Kiryat Shema, with which the Masechet begins, is Kabbalat Al Malchut Shamaim. It gives us that perspective, that ability to accept the yoke of heaven and to put God at the center of our vision and mindset as we begin and end the day. My child has more than once, one of my children specifically asked me, why do I say Kiryat Shema before I go to sleep? Okay, so she's a little girl, she's maybe not saying it at other times, but why is she saying it? So the response in my mind is exactly this. It's a simple response to a child as it is with all of its profound meaning to an adult, to be able to say to ourselves and to others, I'm thinking about Borei Olam at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, that is what bookends my day and structures who I am and what I do. Shiviti Adonai Lenegdi Tamid, there's famous words of Ramar Bimoshe Isilis at the beginning of Shohan Aruch and Siman Aleph, where he cites from Harambam and Morei Nebuchim at the end of Chilek Gimal, this is the challenge for us as of the Hashem to be able to have that perspective. In turn, Masechit Berachot is most appropriate to begin, to head off our limud, because it reminds us of that constant involvement with HaKadosh Baruch Hu on our lips, on our minds, at all times. Says the Mishnah here, in describing, initially, the times for Kiryat Shema. What we'll deal with first is the times for Kiryat Shema, then we'll talk about the appropriate way of saying Kiryat Shema. And lastly, we'll talk about the Berachot of Kiryat Shema. That'll be the discussion with regards to Kiryat Shema. Of course, the way Gemara works is you begin with the Mishnah, which is generally, of course, the beginning of the Masechet at the top of the page, and it'll be followed by the Gemara. On the right-hand side of the page, you'll find Rashi. On the left-hand side of the page, you'll find Tosafot. Each of them, and we'll have opportunity, you know, and when we flip the page, it'll be flipped. Rashi, Rashi will always be the commentary, which is on the inside part of the page, and Tosafot on the outside, uh, outside part of the page. We'll have opportunity to develop and understand their opinions and their circumstances that developed what they were doing. But Rashi, at his core, was purposed to be a commentary to the Gemara. That's what his, his perspective and his vision is just to explain the Gemara. Commentary is wrong. It's to explain the Gemara, to be mefaresh the Gemara. Tosafot, uh, their vision, we'll have to discuss even today, whether they fulfilled them the way we would expect them to, is just to add on to. They want to add on to, not the Gemara, the commentary of Rashi. 
That's how they envisioned themselves. They were, at their core, descendants and students of students of Rashi. Says the Mishnah here, Me'ematai korin et shema be'arvin. From when? Me'ematai, from when do we, korin, in plural, et shema be'arvin? Do we begin saying, Kiryat shema be'arvin, in the evening? Of course, that's an interesting question. Generally speaking, I imagine you and I think about first morning and then evening. I say, when do you say Kiryat Shema? You say, I say Kiryat Shema in the morning and then the evening. But of course, the Mishnah and the Gemara will ask this question in similar wording and answer along the lines of what we're saying. The Mishnah will be reflecting Halakha. Halakha, following the early Pesukim in the Torah, is Vahi Erev, Vahi Boker. Erev begins it, and Boker comes afterwards. That's how we envision a halachic day. It begins at night. As a result, the Mishnah here, although we'll talk about later on, Kiryat Shema in the morning, uh, asks when do we begin in the uh, evening? Who said you have to say Kiryat Shema? Well, in Kiryat Shema, what we read as Kiryat Shema, Be'ahavta, and Bam, Be'shiftecha, Be'vetecha, Oblechtecha, Baderech, we have mention of when we say Kiryat Shema, Be'shochbecha, Ubkumecha. The mention is when you when you lie down and when you get up. It's a reference to saying these words. That means Kiryat Shema is mitzvah from the Torah. And the Mishnah in turn is asking, when do you say Kiryat Shema be'arvin? What does the word Erev mean? Erev means evening. Night is Laila. Arvin, and that's important because the question is when we're saying in the evening time period. Um, we're going to describe it as being, well, in a moment, uh, from night set, uh, but that's what Erev means. The specific etymology of that word Erev is interesting as well. Erev is milashon iruv. Iruv is something that's mixed. Evening is in between day and night, and as a result, it's the time in between when it's mixed. Okay, says the Mishnah, When do we begin saying Kiryat Shema? When does the Ziman begin? There it is. That's the answer of the Mishnah. Says the Mishnah, the beginning time period of Kiryat Shema is Mishnah from the time Sheha Kohanim, that the Kohanim Nichnasim Le'echol Bitrumatan enter or begin to eat Bitrumatan. Terumah, of course, is the food which is given to the Kohen. There's no specific measurement that we are commanded to give to the Kohen. But uh, the rabbis gave measurements, either a 30th, a 40th, or a 50th of your produce is to be given to the Kohen, and the Kohen needs to eat it bitahara, with full purity in terms of their state of being. How do they achieve tahara? Well, it depends what the status of their tum'ah, the contamination is, but ultimately speaking, there needs to be a tevilah, there needs to be a uh, immersing themselves in a mikveh. Now, if they immerse themselves in a mikveh during the day, or as the day is waning, they then need to wait until nightfall in order to be deemed tahor. If it's during the daytime still, they say, but I went to the mikveh, chalas. No, you're considered a tvul yom. That's the halachic terminology. You're not yet tahor until you hit seta kochavim, are the words that we're going to describe for misha'asha kohanim nechnasim betrumatam. How do we define seta kochavim? What does that mean? So he gave me a designation. He gave me a symbol. You say, keriyat starts at the same time period at which the kohanim can eat the terumah, meaning when they immersed in the mikveh, they're now tahor. When is that? 
So I'm telling you, Seta Kochavim. Why don't you just say Seta Kochavim? The Gemara will say, we're teaching you other lessons. That means the first line in the Mishnah, amazingly, of Shisha Sidre Mishnah has a parenthetical, by the way, factoid, in order to teach you a lesson aside from its primary one. Can you imagine a better pedagogical direction? This is a teacher, Rabbi Udanasi of the Mishnayot, par excellence. This is how you teach. You don't just teach the law, you give examples that are relevant or irrelevant so that you teach the people a lesson. When does the beginning time of Kiryat Shmad evenings start? It's from the time that the Kohanim Nichnasim Lecho Betrumatam. It's called Seta Kochabim. When is Seta Kochabim? The Gemara Masechet Shaban Daflamedhe describes it as the time of the appearance of. The three stars, of course. What are those three stars? How do you determine those three stars? No simple answer to that. What is it, practically speaking? Well, of course, and I say this with a big smile on my face, it depends which knis you go to. And one knis, they'll tell you Tzeta Kochavim is one time. This is, of course, Shabbat ends at Tzeta Kochavim, and there are different ways of calculating it. There's, of course, the famous opinion of Rabbeinu Tam, who's cholek on the geonim in terms of determining this, but that's the Mishnah. The Mishnah is teaching that the time for Kiryat Shema begins from Seta Kochavim. We'll pause for a second before even reading onward, and we'll ask ourselves a question. In, in Knis, very often in our Batek Knesiot, we have Arbit before Seta Kochavim, which means to say we say Kiryat Shema before Seta Kochavim. If you're, for example, in the summer, many minyanim now are 6.45, 7 o'clock from Minha, and then you segue directly into uh, Arbit, an hour off from Tzeta Kochavim, at least. Uh, how are you doing that? Why are you doing that? If you'll take a look at the right-hand side of the page in Rashi, Rashi asks this question. Rashi is, if you count from the top of Rashi, top of the page, it's two, four, six, eight lines down, says Rashi, in Ken, if this is also lama korin ota bebeta keneset, why do we read Kiryat Shema in the knis in the bet Knesset during Arbit? It's before the time. I say you might say, no, 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 it's not the way they used to do. It. Rashi, Rashi is living several hundred years ago, several good hundred years ago, and he's saying an hour bate Knesset. Keep in mind specifically then and and before a hundred or so years ago when there was no electricity. You don't want to be caught out at night walking back from the Bet Knesset while it's dark outside. So they would pray Arbit earlier. That's what he's telling us, like we do today, even though we have electricity. Anyway, his question is, so what are we doing? His answer is, says, so the only reason we're reading Kiryat Shema in Arbit is so that we begin the Amidah, which he's making clear is appropriate, and that's the Zeman. You can say Amidav Arbit before Seta Kochavim, he's telling us. You don't want to just get up and heke with Amidah praying. You want to start with some Divrei Torah. We do that in Minha. Minha, we have Ashre. Saradim have Ketoret. Some Ashkenazim have Ketoret before it. You begin with Divrei Torah and then you go into the Amidah. He says, that's the. Which means to say, the only reason Rashi is suggesting we say Kiryat Shema in our style Arbit is in order to pray appropriately. But when am I Yosef Kiryat Shema? The Mishnah says I have to start it from after Seta Kochavim. Continues Rashi, Ubikriyat Parasha Rishona Shadam Kore Al Mitato Yosa. Wow. Says Rashi, when and how do you fulfill the Mitzvah of Kiryat Shema with what we call Kiryat Shema Al Hamita? 
And says Rashi very clearly, Kiryat Shemalamita, he's basing himself on Gemara later on, seems to be constituted, in his mind at least, with specifically Parashari Shona. He's saying Shema Israel and maybe Ve'ahavta afterwards as well. That's a fascinating thing. It means that you've fulfilled Kiryat Shema according to Rashi, not in Knis. Only reason you read it is Difre Torah in Knis. You did it at night. Uh, before going to sleep, and you didn't even read the whole thing. And that's how you fulfilled the mitzvah. Of course, you look no further than the left-hand side of your page for Tosafot, Rabbeinu Tam, the grandson of Rashi. His name was Rabbi Yaakov ben Meir. He was known as Rabbeinu Tam, Yaakov Ishtam Yoshev Ohalim. He was the son of, the daughter of Rashi. Anyway, Rabbeinu Tam questions Rashi. Several important questions. First and foremost, Amida is so you're supposed to be somech geula litvila. You're supposed to go from Kiryat Shema into Amida. This is, but I didn't appropriately read Kiryat Shema in Knis. So I kind of just in a vacuum had Amida without really being connected to a true Kiryat Shema. Of course, what about this Kiryat Parashari Shona? Rashi comfortably stated, you're just saying the first parasha of Kiryat Shema and chalas, you fulfilled the mitzvah. Very difficult. How could you claim that that's appropriate? Says Tosafot. At the very least, tell us, Rashi and others. And so the Gemara on Samech says it's Kiryat Parashari Kiryat At least have us read all three. You might know, if you look in the Kol Yaakov Sidur, for example, that Kiryat Shema has all three parashiot of Kiryat Shema. But that's Tosafot's question on Rashi, who comfortably cited that Gemara. Continues Tosafot and says, but what about Birkot Kiryat Shema as well? Another question of Tosafot. The Berachot, the Mishnayot, will tell us later on. Of course, we have Berachot in Arbit, two Berachot beforehand, two Berachot afterwards, uh, in terms of Kiryat Shema in the middle. Well, I said those in Knis. I said, I assume I said those in Knis. That's how we do it today. With no real kid, with, with Torah in the middle, says Tosafot, according to Rashi. What were those Berachot? And when you went to sleep, you didn't say those Berachot, so you said the Kiryat Shema without the Berachot, effectively. Very hard to understand and to accept. Tosafot goes even further. He says the Gemara seems to say on Dafhe that the only reason you're saying Kiryat Shema al is mazikin, because of those who will harm you, meaning sorts of demons and shedim of sorts. We'll talk about that when we get to it in the Gemara. So that's not true. Rashi, you just told me that's my primary Kiryat Shema. It has nothing to do with mazikin. It has to do with Kabbalat al It has to do with whatever Kiryat Shema has to do with. Not mazikin. Those and perhaps one or two other questions are what bother many of the Rishonim with regards to the approach of Rashi. And Tosafot therefore suggests one of two or two separate answers, one from Rabbeinu Tam and then the other from Ri. Rabbeinu Tam suggests basing himself on a Gemara later on and Dafkav Zayin, uh, that the opinion of, excuse me, on Dafkafvav, that the opinion of Rabbi Huda is that which we follow. And without getting into it fully right now, Rabbi Huda moves up the time with regards to Kiryat Shema. According to Rabbi Huda, the time we're dealing with, of, excuse me, of Tefilat Minha, not Kiryat Shema, it's the extension of Tosafot, is that you have Minha not all the way until sunset, but until what's called Peleg HaMinha, an hour and a bit beforehand. And so as a result, without getting into it now, we'll have opportunity then, Tosafot, Rabbeinu Tam suggests, perhaps we're following the opinion of Rabbi Uda, which means all the times got shifted 
forward earlier and as a result Kiryat Shema with Arbit according to the Biudah could start a lot earlier than what our Mishnah is describing so our Mishnah effectively is opinion of Hachamim and we're following the Biudah which is interesting. We're following the minority opinion. Not that interesting because the Gemara over there is posik. The Aved Kemor Avad, the Aved Kemor Avad, both Rabbi Uda and Chachamim stand their, their, their ground in terms of this. And it says Tosafot, we're opting into the opinion of Rabbi Uda. Very interesting. Tosafot, alternatively, Ri points to the Gemara here, not too far ahead, where there are different opinions who disagree with this Mishnah. The Gemara will explicitly cite Tanaim, rabbis from the time of the Mishnah and Beraita, who disagree. And as a result, says Tosafot from Ri, it's a little difficult to accept. However, what we're doing in, in Knis, in Bet Knesset, when we read Kiryat Shema is, we're fulfilling Kiryat Shema, but it's against the first Mishnah, and the first Masa, that's right. But really? That's right. But it's not recorded? That's right. So those are the two approaches of Tosafot. Both the two answers in Tosafot, as well as Rashi, all are somewhat difficult to wrap our head around. There are difficulties with regards to each, and the fascinating and last statement on this matter, reality is none of them seem to say, so let's just change our minhag. Let's do a late arbit, a fascinating thing. They're accepting what we do must have validity. Let's just figure out why. There's an article by Professor Yaakov Katz, Jacob Katz, in which he addresses this matter. We've done a class, it's on SoundCloud, I think it's called The Proper Time for Arbit, in which we trace, at the very least in the Ashkenazic world, the development of this concept of how, for practical reasons it appears, this is how they were praying, and then afterwards trying to rationalize and explain why. Okay, back to our Mishnah. It says the Mishnah, Alright, that's the beginning time. What's the end time of Kiryat Shema, Shel Arbit. Ad Sof HaAshmura HaRishona Divrer Bili Ezer. You have until the end of the first guard time. That's the opinion of Bili Ezer. There What's is... The What's the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer? So two ways of reading the Mishnah, the Gemara will point out. Is Rabbi Eliezer only referring to, before we define what he's saying, is he only referring to the end time? That's his opinion. Or is the first statement as well, and that of course is part of our conversation from Tosafot, first statement as well is the beginning time also just Rabbi Eliezer. The easiest way for us to read it, the suggested maskanav, the Gemara lahalacha, is the first statement is the statement of the Mishnah. Not only Rabbi Eliezer, it's the Hachamim. Period. Now, Rabbi Eliezer's opinion is, but of course there's two ways of reading it. What is an Ashmurarishona? The vision here goes as follows. The night is to be broken into 12 hours, but the night is not 12 hours. Not 12 hours necessarily if you have 60 minute hours. However, if you go from the beginning of night, call it Seta Kochavim, until the beginning of morning, call it Amut HaShahar. You take all those minutes and you divide them by 12. Each one of those segments is called an hour. Each one of those segments is what's called the Sha'azimanit. Now, we have 12 of those and we split each of those 12 for one reason or another into three, which means there's three segments of four hours. Sha'azimaniot, not too difficult. Each one of those is referred to as an Ashmura. Simple enough as well. Why Ashmura? 
there'll be a suggestion in the Gemara, Rashi will fill this out as, as well, that there, there's a changing of the guards, of the angelic, the angel guards at each one of these Ashmurot. We could and will perhaps will explain what that means uh, in, a, in a philosophical note when we get there. But that's the statement here with regards to reference of Ashmurat Rishon means Rebili Ezer says, I can say Kiryat Shema from Seta Kochavim through four hours into the night. Why so? Why can't I say it the whole night? The vision of Rabbi Eliezer is the Torah says, Bishoch Bechav Kumecha. And as a result, it's the time that people begin to be shochev, to go to sleep. People don't, the average person, will go to sleep in his mind between the first and fourth Sha'ot Zmaniot of the night. Nobody's going to sleep after the fourth, or very few people are, and as a result, that's when you could say Kiryat Shema. Is that what Bishoch Becha means? Maybe Bishoch Becha means whenever you're sleeping. Of course, that'll be the next opinions, but it's not the understanding of Hachamim disagree with Biliezer, and they say you have until six shaot zemaniot into the night. Hasot, hatsi means half. So, of course, if it's 12, it's divided by two, it's six hours into the night. That's what you have according to the Hachamim. You'll see there's a note right next to that word, ad hatsot, the beginning of the fifth line of this Mishnah, that little bit leads you to the left-hand corner, which is called the En Mishpat Ner Mitzvah. Over there in that left-hand corner, you'll find the uh, citation of where were Posek Halacha. So if you have that note, you already know this is the Halacha. If you look at the side, you'll be able to find where that Halacha is. So if you take a look, it says Mem Yod Yod, that stands for Maimoni or Maimonadiz, right? That's Harambam. Vesemeg, or smag, that's Sefer Mitzvot Gedolot. Sham, sham means there. I mean there. In English, you do I-B-I-D, which is from the Latin, which means, uh, what, which was mentioned earlier, so you'll have to look at the source above. All right, sometimes it's a little cumbersome. The source above says, Perek alf milchot kiryat shema halachatet. If you open, to open up to Mishneh Torah Varambam, tilchot kiryat shema, the first chapter, the ninth statement, you'll find that he's posek lahalacha, like this opinion. That's what the purpose and utility of this Ein Mishpat Ne'er Mitzvah, in terms of determining halacha, in terms of following and tracing halacha from the Gemara, it's indispensable. In other words, it's, it's so to speak, before you had that, even after Harambam, it's still not so simple. It means you have to know Harambam well enough as, uh, not so simple, very confusing. It's really one of the greatest tools on the page of a Gemara. Continues the Mishnah. Why would you have until Hasot? Well, Hachamim don't explain themselves per se, but it might be in their mind that that is, they extend the regular time that a person goes to sleep. We'll see. Not so simple from the next few lines from Rabban Gamliel. Rabban Gamliel will, will suggest that the Hachamim had a different vision, that in truth, you could do it all night. Uh, why they say until Hatzot? They wanted to be marhikta damina They wanted to make certain that you don't uh, lay off and then end up missing it and over, uh, you know, overdoing your night activities. So do it earlier, which means to say the most simple interpretation to the hachamim is you don't actually only have until Hatzot. Midrabanan, rabbinically speaking, they say, cut it here. Min Torah, according to what the Torah tells us, you have b'shoch pecha, anytime you'd be sleeping, which is the entirety of the night. Continues the Mishnah, Rabban Gamliel, the third opinion, Omer, Ad Again, Kiryat Shema begins, It goes until, Sof HaShmura Rishonah, Rabbi Hachamim, Hasot, Rabban Gamliel, is he disagreeing with Hachamim? Well, ostensibly, at first glance, he is. He's saying, seems like, even even ideally, 
even midrabbanan from the rabbis, you could go in mourning. Ya'alea mutashachar means until the pillar of, of mourning comes up. In other words, until uh, sunrise, until the morning begins. So he seems to be saying, he'll explain for us in a moment that the hachamim, it seems, would agree with him with the avad. Not the most not the only way of reading the Mishnah, but the most simple way of reading the Mishnah. Rabbeinu Yonah, for example, has a different way of reading the Mishnah, which we can and perhaps will address later on. Continues the Mishnah. Ma'aseh. It happened. A story. The sons of Rabban Gamliel returned from the Bet Mishteh. Mishteh means to drink. I remember as a child, the first time I was taught this Mishnah, I think I was six years old. I think whoever was teaching me, I really don't remember because it certainly wasn't my first grade teacher in my Mora, she wasn't teaching us Mishnayot. But anyway, whoever taught it to me said they came back from drinking. And my mindset with regards to the sons of Rabban Gamliel my whole life was these drunken yo-yos showing up at night. <coughs> now, I can't tell you that that's wrong. I have a little bit more confidence these days in Chachmeh Mishnah. Many of the Mefarshim point out that the Mishteh may have been a Simhat Mishteh, it may have been an engagement party or a wedding or something along those lines. So you don't need to see this as a pub. I mentioned that only as my personal recollections and, and fixings. Anyway, so his sons arrive late at night, past Hatzot, from a party, a party of, of intoxication. That's what a Mishteh is. Amrulo, they turn to their father and they say, Dad, Abba, we haven't read Kiryat Shema. Shema Yisrael, we're a little concerned. We don't know what to, no pun intended. We don't know what to do. Amar lahem, he responds to them, You should know, sons, if morning has not broke yet, you still must read Kiryat Shema. Well, that's very consistent with his opinion. It's an interesting give and take with regards to his sons. Did his sons not know their father's Pesach Alacha? Knows, what are they asking him? Not a simple answer. The Rishonim struggle with this. What are they asking him? They know what their father's opinion is. Okay, maybe this is when he developed it. No simple uh, interpretation to that. But that's the story. Continues Rabban Gamliel and he says, Velo zo bilvad. Not only that, Amru, did the rabbi say, you only have until Hatzot, but you really have until the morning. Ela kol hachamim. Any circumstance where the rabbis stated, the rabbis, of course, of Mishnah, at hasot, quote-unquote, that you only have until midnight, six hours into the night, misvatan, the truth is you, you can do it and you must fulfill it, until morning break. What are examples of other circumstances? I can only think of Kiryat Shema. The Mishnah continues, hekter, hekter halavim ve'evarim, misvatan Concludes the Mishnah, we'll come back, of course, to explain those words in a second. Which means to say those final lines in the Mishnah are, so if the case is that I really have until the morning, why'd the rabbis lie to me, quote-unquote? How terrible, why'd they say I only had until Hatzot? To distance human beings from sinning. What do you mean distance from sinning? If I get you, if I let you come all the way up until, there's a fear that you're going to trip over. Uh, the halakha is with regards to a nazir. We tell a nazir to stay far away from the cemetery. They could go up to it. They just can't have an oil, something over them. They can't touch it and so forth. Can't step on it or over it. 
That's the statement here. We tell people until Hatsot, Midrabanan, as a Gezera, in order to distance a person from sinning. What are the other examples that the Mishnah mentioned? The Mishnah mentions that word Hekter. Hekter means to burn. It's the burning of Halavim. Halavim are fats. Fats of animals that are sacrificed were, were burnt. How much time did I have to burn them? What was my appropriate time during which they would be burnt? I sacrificed, I brought as a korban. You had ad hasot. But in truth, you had ad shi'alei mutashahar, says our Mishnah. Evarim. Evarim are the limbs of animals. Specifically on a korban ola, you would burn the limbs of the animal. How much time did I have to burn the limbs? Misfatan, ad shi'alei mutashahar. The rabbi said until hasot. There's something interesting with regards to the fats. The fats, I just explained it to you according to Tosafot and Harambam. Tosafot and Masech Pesachim. Rashi points out that the Mishnah in Masech Migilan Dafkaf says that the hekter halavim, burning the fats of a regular animal, goes all the way through the morning. It has no mention of mid- midnight. And then we're now explaining, but it's really until the Mishnah unequivocally, very comfortably says, you have until the morning, says Rashid, that the mention of Hekter Halavim is only as another example of something which goes all the way until the morning. Not that it's identical to our Kiriyachma, the rabbi said until midnight, but you have until the morning. It's another mitzvah which you have until the morning. So it's only mentioned here as an example, an imprecise example, according to Rashi. What else do you have until Hasot, but in truth, until Shachi Alea Mutashachan, Bechol Hanech? which is korbanot, such as a hatat, or a asham, or a todah. In these circumstances, a few others, the korban is ne'echal ehad, which means that we have times during which you can eat from the animal that you sacrifice. Of course, you, you sacrifice and then you eat a portion. How much time do you have to eat? Well, different korbanot have different times. Many people say every day, others every Shabbat, others once a year or once a lifetime. The korbanot at the beginning of shahrit, in those at the end of the korbanot section, when we have is uh, uh, we have the end, the mishnayot that we mentioned at the very end, before for Bishmael, you talk about all the times during which it's appropriate. So some korbanot, the ones I just mentioned, have one day and the first night to eat from them. What does it mean, the first night? Until when? Oh, here's another example. The rabbis told us at Hasot. In truth, says Rabban Gamliel, you have Achi Alemut Hashah. Why the rabbis say at Hasot? Let's briefly summarize what we learned from is, this Mishnah. Is Rabban Gamliel consistent in this opinion throughout the Gemara, not just in, in terms of times, but with everything else that the rabbis technically say this, but technically you have more? Like, does he go out of his way to say that about, I don't know, the 18 minutes? Like, oh, no, you're good. You could do it until sunset. No, the you 18 know? minutes, first of all, not mentioned. Uh, you're asking if this is like uh, an opinion of Rabban Gamliel yeah, that we see mentioned shita? often. No. Not to the best of my knowledge. I would love if you'd find that. We certainly do find that amongst Tanaim from time to time that you can find a certain consistency with regards to their opinions. The best of my knowledge, this is not a Rabban Gamliel thing. Um, there are other interesting things to connect of other Rabban Gamliel opinions, but not in this respect per se. Uh, so just uh, briefly summarizing the Mishnah. Again, the Mishnah set forth for us the times for Kiryat Shemashel Arbit. As I mentioned, the first question of the Gemara will be, effectively, why are we starting with Arbit? The first question of the Gemara will really be, you started with from when 
didn't you want to mention to me there's a mitzvah first? Didn't you want to mention it? And then it'll be, so why are you starting with Adbit? Those will be the first questions, so you already are prepared for the beginning of the Mishnah, uh, of the Gemara. But the Mishnah begins with the time period during which you can begin Kiryat Shema Arbit and then finish Kiryat Shema Arbit. We only saw one opinion recorded for the beginning time. And with that was, which we explained as, the end time, we have Rabili Ezer's initial opinion, and that is, four hours. The second opinion, that of Hachamim Adhasot. The third opinion, Rabban Gamliel, who, depending on how you explain it, but the simplest way of explaining him is, he's now defining what the Hachamim truly said, or at the very least, his opinion is, that you can go until Ya'ale Amud HaShachar. He seems to be saying, according to the Hachamim, it's Bidi'avad, it's not ideal, but according to his opinion, it's even ideal. That might be a way of reading Rabban Gamliel's a third opinion, not just qualifying the Hachamim as saying, they said out so they really meant but rather, my opinion is Pause. Even the Hachamim agree, not ideal, but those are the three opinions we saw in the Mishnah. We saw the question of Rashi, the questions of Tosafot, on the answer of Rashi, and that was, if Kiryat Shema is to begin with Tzeta uh, Kochavim, how come we, in our Albit prayer, say it even earlier? Rashi's answer, difficult, we didn't answer it ourselves, is that the Kiryat Shema Al Hamita constitutes our true Kiryat Shema. Mitzvah. Uh, Tosafot had several questions on Rashi, and therefore Rabbeinu Tam Enri suggested different answers along the lines of our Mishnah is not reflective of our practice. We're following either the opinion of Rabbi Uda or the other Tanaim who seem to have conflicting different opinions than our Mishnah with regards to the beginning time of Kiryat Shema. Baruch Adonai Amen Amen.